Hi, everybody. My name is Steve Smith. I'm the editor of PHC News Magazine, and I am joined today by Adam Bartman. Adam's the co-founder of Reed Water in Canada, Toronto, Canada, to be specific. And Reed Water is one of those Internet of Things companies we've all read quite a bit about the last few years. It's a smart water management solution designed particularly for commercial properties that connects plumbing components like valves, water meters, water sensors to a pretty nifty online dashboard, all of which you know provides basically greater visibility into water use, easily notifies everybody uh, that needs to be notified if there's a lot of uh, excess water usage and if there's a leak, you can pretty much shut down your water from anywhere thanks to the smart device that uh, you know in the in the dashboard itself. So Adam, thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Well, Adam, I did uh, do a little bit of research, and uh, Avi, your partner, sent me some interesting podcasts that you've been on. I'm glad you come on ours. Uh, I know a little bit about your background, but you tell me, what motivated you to open up Read Water? Well, I, I actually started my career in the trades. I was fortunate enough to piggyback on a decision my father made to start his own company. He he had worked at someone else's for about two decades in Toronto and and they serve some like three, four hundred multifamily and generally commercial buildings. When I was about say 17, 18, uh, I'd used to work with him in the summers here and there to keep busy, but as soon as I left high school is when he made that decision. And so I actually first spent some time in school doing a gas fitter program. But about a year or two after the business was open, I joined him full time. And so we grew the business uh, and again, served, you know, some four or five hundred commercial buildings around town. And what I began noticing, I, I was sort of fortunate enough to go from the tools to the business side of things, as, as you know, everyone always recommends. But it actually allowed me an opportunity to get a higher look at my customers and the issues that my customers are having. There was a few key clients with very specific issues that they came to me with. And just being my natural sort of entrepreneur and, and service provider, I wanted to solve those issues for them. Needless to say, I, I couldn't find anything that would allow me to. And that was essentially the, the reason we started uh, Read Water, uh, which you kind of nailed on the intro, uh, is really just a platform to help plumbers and mechanical contractors provide some value to the to the building owners. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, in your dad's business, that's still around, right? Yeah. So the business is still around. It's still active. All's good. I, I'm you know still somewhat involved, but by far, you know, ninety plus percent of my time and attention has been to growing this this second business. Okay, but now you mentioned too that uh, you know when you were uh, working more closely with your dad, you know, you get some phone calls like this uh, about problems that uh, were hard to solve. So, uh, Avi, your partner uh, sent me an interesting case study. I guess maybe it was the first apartment building that you installed the product in. But you tell me how what. What basically problem is it that you're trying to solve? And, you know, what did you invent, I guess, because you, you said you couldn't find anything exactly yeah, what you needed. That's right. I, I, I kind of ended up over, you know, 12 years kind of summarizing or, or bucketing the three same type of complaints. A building owner would call me that their water bill is through the roof or yep. double what it was last year and they don't understand why. Right. 
Another type of call we would get very frequently was in a more urgent scenario, you know, super calls me at seven o'clock at night. Oh my God, there's a flood, there's water everywhere. I don't know what to do. And then the third and, you know, equally as frustrating call that I would get was actually more from my own guys, but it affected the building owner. And that was, you know, we had a scheduled service at building A and they go there and determine that the valve can't be closed. It doesn't work. They can't find it. And so all the, the, the crap that sort of comes along with bigger buildings, those are sort of the three issues. When I first approached my, my colleague and, and other co-founder, Avi, it was really with a, a, a few off-the-shelf valves and meters. Uh-huh. And my question to him was, can you make these remotely accessible over the internet? Uh-huh. He he actually came from the audiovisual space uh-huh. and was sort of the only guy I knew that could maybe connect something online for me. And, and yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, some of the earlier case studies uh, and even projects that we go to now really revolve around two items. Number one, it's, you know, again, my water consumption is way too high. How do I drive it down? Or I need to even understand where I'm losing water so that I can make better decisions. And so what we do now is come in and strategically place a variety of sensors that could be flow meters, actual water meters, strategically place them around the building and and be able to go back to a building owner and say, look, you have eight leaking toilets out of 100 units. They're in these units. Go and fix them. Your water bill will be fine. Or maybe okay. it's an irrigation line or, you know, a cooling tower, whatever it is. The The other part of this was more on the ability to control these valves. So, you know, we'll set up a building today where we may have 50 or 80 valves deployed in a building. And what that does for the building owner is during service, regular service, it's a touch of a button instead of, you know, a plumber going in, popping drop ceiling tiles, running around the building, stuff's not working. And so it makes it a much more seamless process to shutting down water in these bigger buildings. Yeah, it, it helps your uh, your dad's crew if they had to go out to one of these buildings with your system in it, they can better locate the problem right away. They don't have to guess which, which valve might be the trouble or which pipeline is leaking, I guess, huh? 100%. I mean, at a higher level... Visibility on domestic plumbing systems has never existed. Yeah. You know, I look at obviously old buildings, but even brand new condo designs where the building isn't up and, you know, there's a 40, 50 story tower about to come out of the ground Mm -hmm. and there's just nothing on the domestic plumbing system. Whereas HVAC, you know, very busy space before and after the fire protection system, just from regulations and all that is is technically connected. And Domestic plumbing is kind of like this forgotten little brother um, <laughs> that never really had any kind of technology behind it. And I think, you know, the the HVAC and the building automation systems and the Johnson, all that stuff could have gotten to domestic plumbing. The, the problem, I think, is the cost is too high. Mm-hmm. And so, again, there's never been a relatively priced platform for connection. And that's that's really what we're trying to change. Okay, good, good. Now. My next question, and I don't want to get too far into the technological weeds here because I, I, I think I understand some things from what I've seen on your website and, and read about you, but you know, just break down your, your system for you. Tell us about the Reed system and what you and Avi have invented. Yeah, so we went in uh, with a very specific idea, meaning you know, a lot of the water-based 
products and technologies today that we see, we're really all of them, if I look at them right, you know, we're born in the single family home market. Mm -hmm. And so what they've mostly done is, you know, gone overseas, built a valve, a brass, you know, type of fitting with some kind of electronics mounted to it. And it does the job. It serves single family home quite well. The, the problem is it's very limited. When, you know, one of the main things I didn't want to do is become a plumbing manufacturer. Uh-huh. When you go into a building or you go into a supply house, there's so many great brands that have been around for decades. So ultimately what we created was a small modem sized device packed full of protocols and communication. Okay. And it allows us to connect to and communicate with any valve, uh-huh. any meter and any sensor. Okay. And as our partners go and provide their service, this just becomes a building block physically in the building to connect up kind of whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And where we spent the majority of time was on the software to make it what people expect nowadays, easy mm-hmm. to use, you know, clean, simple interfaces, intuitive. And, and that really just empowers the community to go and, you know, set up a water management platform. Uh, one thing I'm, I'm not quite sure I understand, though, is because uh, you mentioned that you didn't want to, last thing you want to be is a plumbing manufacturer. So you've got, you know, valve makers that uh, make valves every day and they're in buildings. So then you've got this modem that I guess in turn feeds information to the dashboard that I as a user get to use. Is there a wireless communication between all the valves and the modem or, or, or what? How, how is that communicated? So we have a little bit of everything as far as the actual connection. It could be wired. It could be wireless. The Uh idea was, again, if we had three categories of fixtures, so, you know, valves, meters, and sensors, the sensor category was the easiest. They all speak the same protocol. They're they're a 4 to 20 milliamp, 0 to 10 volt DC, which basically means we can read any sensor on earth. If it's mm-hmm. pressure, temperature, you know, pH, dissolved solids, I mean, you can get creative. Okay. In the meter category, we determined that in North America, there's three primary brands, Neptune, Badger, and Census, but they all use what's called the census protocol. Mm-hmm. And so again, if we could read that protocol, uh, we could then read some 95% of the meters you'd find in the market. And the last 5% speak what's called a pulse output. Mm-hmm. And so every liter that goes by, the meter itself sends a pulse signal. Uh, and so that's you know another type of communication that we embedded. And then the valve side was where we had to be a little bit biased and pretty much look at the market and say, okay, who are the top three actuator manufacturers? Uh We actually determined that a lot of them use the same wiring configuration. And so we just went with, you know, the three or four most standardized. And so again, that now allows our little device to communicate with basically everything that's available in the market. Good. Okay. Okay. So now I am, and I have written stories about some of these. You know, I'm familiar with Moen Flow, which I think uh, is more residential than anything else. And mm-hmm. Upanor's Fin is also eh, maybe more residential than commercial, although I don't know, a year or two, uh, so maybe last year I wrote a, a more of a commercial story uh, about the Fin, but I believe that was also kind of a test run for commercial uh, use down in New Mexico. But, um, you know, how, I mean, I, I know what, how those work. Uh, how, how does yours differ, I guess? 
uh, I, I, I'm happy you brought those two up. I think Mo and Flo and Upener Finn are doing an excellent job for the single family home market. Even the light commercial, you know, Mo and Flo could work in. Um, I think they go up to one or one and a quarter now. The challenge really for a building owner is they don't have one valve. They don't have, you know, maybe one incoming line. They need more than just leak detection the way we see it. And so the, the real difference is the scalability. The yeah. idea is to be, you know, low cost and uh, sort of open source to anybody to go and implement much like those two products. But where this really differs is it allows you to put 50 valves and 30 sensors and five leak ropes and, you know, all kinds of components in a system that's required. I mean, here's here's a good comparison. So to me, a Moen flow is part of the smart home ecosystem, okay. just like a Lutron dimmer or, you know, all, all these smart home little points, as I call them. The hub in that environment very notably had become Apple, Amazon Alexa, and Google Home. They were basically giving those things away for free, but very aggressively saying to the market, you know, all of you guys making widgets are going to speak to us as the hub and the homeowner is going to have one app and we're going to finally bring this whole market, this fragmented market together. Now, I look at the commercial market similarly in that our platform can bring in all of those points. I, I see manufacturers today that have smart products, mm -hmm. but no platform. And I was actually having a conversation with somebody this morning to say, you know, at the end of the day, they're great products, but the building owner has no value from them because it's not a, it's not a whole building system, right? It's, it's, you know, the, the, the backflow might be smart. And if it fails, it tells you it's failed. But what mm -hmm. about the domestic hot water? What about, you know, the rest of the system, the irrigation, the cooling towers? I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces in a domestic plumbing system. And this allows those manufacturers to connect to it, to actually give the building owner real value at the end of the day. Okay, good, good. So now let's get to uh, the information itself. I, again, I've seen your website and I see the dashboard that you display on, on the site, but just describe the user experience for me. If I had your system in my, I don't know, 20-story uh, condo tower, what uh, what would I expect to, to glean from the dashboard, the information gathered by your system, I guess? Yeah. So part of what we've also learned just prior to answering that is that every asset type has different challenges or needs, or to be more blunt, things that they care about. <laughs> and so, you know, a multifamily condo thinks about water and its issues with water differently than a rental building with one owner. And, and I'll give you two examples. So if I were to go to a landlord who owns a 20-story rental building, we've learned that all they care about at the end of the day mainly is reducing their operating expense. And if they have no control on water consumption, it's a variable cost that can really impact them on their monthly, you know, sort of NOI. So my design our, uh, as part of our services where we really come in is I would recommend a number of sensors and equipment to provide more insight on how water is being used throughout the building. Okay. Now the user experience there 
you know, he's not going to be very active on the dashboard, which is sort of another thing we've learned that you need a service provider in place to actually deploy and manage this equipment. Most rental companies don't have the internal capacity or understanding to have somebody actually manage the dashboard. They may look at it, but what I find they actually look at is, you know, the weekly or monthly reporting, however it's set up, really to see, you know, I installed this system. Is it saving me money? Yes or no. And how much? In the background, what you need there is, let's say, a mechanical contractor or a plumber to be engaging with the software. You know, if there's alerts on high water usage or he sees something that's above normal, he could then engage the building owner and say, you know, hey, hey, Joe, I noticed that riser one is using way more water than everywhere else. You know, let's let's have a look at it. And it's actually a really nice way for the mechanical contractors to engage with their customers and really elevate the the level of sophistication in their services that they provide. So kind of to answer your question, it's not really that the building owners have time or are even dealing with this. They really depend on their service providers to, you know, engage with the software. So from a dashboard perspective, what they're going to see very simply is all the valves that are listed and available to be opened or closed, all of the the meters that may be deployed and all of the sensors that would be deployed. And they're the ones really engaging the software to, to make any necessary visits or changes. All right. So is there a I think you answered my next question a little bit because it sounds like a, I guess, customized solutions to each individual property. But is there an ideal market or at least an ideal installation for your system? There is. I think it's part of our our blessing and our curse that we can do a, a wide number of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when I have sort of high level conversations like this, or, or if I run into a buddy who knows, you know, I've started a company he goes, give me the elevator pitch. What, what do you do in 30 seconds? It's very challenging to do that, right? Because again, this is a platform that allows people to solve issues I know exist. When you get down into the, to the details of things, yes, if you gave me a condo, I would have probably recommendations around the ability to turn water on and off in a number of strategic places, monitoring system conditions, pressure, temperature, and flow rate. And the idea is to save some energy, extend the useful life of your piping system, and allow you to shut the building down if something catastrophic happens. Whereas if I look at you know a hotel or that rental building, my recommendation would be apply sensors all on your risers to see the consumption and we'll provide you the service or the ongoing service of helping you conserve water. Now, I guess I should have asked this question at the beginning, but <laughs> when did you actually launch Reed Water? I know it took a, a couple of years, I guess, to think about some of the things you were trying to do with you, you and Avi, but uh, when did you actually uh, start opening up the doors? We, we started the company about five years ago where we spent the better half of four years really in the development before releasing a commercialized product. I mean, we went through probably three different versions of hardware and, and actually having the equipment deployed and installed at buildings so that we could learn what the commercialized product needs to look like. That product has been out now just over a year and a half. We launched in uh, in February of 2019. Obviously, you know, the current environment has sort of slowed things down over the last 90 days or so, but it's, you know, still moving along. I, I think regardless of what's going on, issues persist. 
And, you know, saving money is never a bad thing. No, of course not. So how, how many uh, installations do you have right now with the system in place? Yeah, so to date, we have about 50 buildings that are actively online. We have a whole bunch more that are really in the, the new construction pipeline. So obviously those are, you know, still on the drafting table. Okay. But, you know, to date, all of our installs are really in the retrofit market. I think that'll just shift as, as a lot of these designs change. What is exciting for us is we've now aligned ourselves with the engineering community, working a lot with ASPE, kind of educating these plumbing designers what's available out there. Okay. And that's, that's ultimately where we want to be. I mean, I, I want the engineers and more sophisticated mechanical contractors to just know that this tool is available and that they can apply it to their designs. And I think it's due time that these larger domestic plumbing systems are elevated as far as their design. I mean, I, again, I look at these 50-story brand new, highly technical condos, and it's still going to take a plumber, you know, 45 minutes up and down elevators, poking his head into dusty drop ceiling hallways to go and shut a valve that probably won't work because nobody's touched it in three years. <laughs> well, now tell us about the pricing of, of the product. Obviously, you got the hardware. But uh, that's that's the least of it, I suppose. I suppose the magic uh, uh, to your platform is is in the software. So are you are you? Um, I've seen some things on your website, so I'm not so quite quite sure how you're pricing everything. Is it just here? It is. Take it. Uh, are you doing a software as a service model uh, by the month, or, or how's it working out? So I mean, it's it's sort of the the SaaS, the software as a service. To be simple. You buy hardware, you buy the read devices, and you mm-hmm. go to your supplier and you buy plumbing fixtures mm-hmm. and you put it all together and you do pay a subscription ongoing to leverage the software. So that's that's sort of the, the components of everything. Obviously, as I mentioned before, the idea was for the read equipment to be low cost. Otherwise, it wouldn't make any sense. And that's that's the infrastructure. What the ongoing software as a service call it allows us to do is be able to maintain the health of equipment. What that actually means is being able to remotely update the hardware. So as as fixtures are released, you know, I looked at a university a couple months ago that released a low cost lead sensor. It was able to detect lead levels in lead. water, uh-huh. which I thought was fascinating. Again, these are basic sensors running on basic protocol principles. And if we wanted to incorporate that in our, Hmm. what we call fixture library, all it takes for us to do is push an update to the devices in the field. And so the reason for that was to kind of add bankability. I'll tell you, a lot of clients ask me, you know, what happens in five years? How do you protect against software and technology that that goes out of date right like you buy a phone five years ago looks a lot different than we did today the the benefit of the hardware it's not as sophisticated as a phone i mean it's basically just a small computer and it has the ability to do a number of the things i've mentioned what will change is what's called the firmware it's the software that's on the actual hardware Mm -hmm. that we can update remotely forever. Mm -hmm. And on the cloud side, the benefit of the cloud is it's completely 
decoupled from anything physically installed. And so as we, you know, improve user interface and notifications and automation and scenes and all the AI and machine learning behind it, that's all being updated in a place, obviously, you know, decoupled from the hardware people are purchasing. Okay. Okay. Now, I just want to make sure, uh, take back this lead sensor. Is this a device that you have incorporated into the system? Are you, are you thinking about it or what? Because so, I mean, uh, I have some broad applications, I'm sure. I, I would love to. A big thing that we're actively looking right now at is water quality. You know, COVID aside, it has nothing really to do to that. But what we're finding is water quality is looked at in two different ways. So in Europe, they look at water quality and ensuring it's you know, good by managing the pressure, temperature, and velocity on domestic plumbing systems. Whereas the North American mindset is throw chemicals at it. Now, one uh, a piping system manufacturer I was speaking to said, you know, that may solve one problem, but it creates five others. Yeah. Uh, and so you have some challenges there. But in regards to the lead sensor, I saw that article, I want to say in like February or so, we reached out to them. We actually got connected to the student that developed it. But then, to be honest, everything sort of came up as far as COVID and all that. And we've sort of shifted our attention into other things right now. But I definitely want to reconnect yeah. with, with that university. It was, it was very interesting what they were yeah. up to. That sounds very interesting. Well, I mean, that kind of leads me into my, my last question. Um, you know, what do you, what do you got planned for the future now? It's, it's really about educating the market that this exists. I think I think too many people either think, oh, there's home products out there, that'll never work in the commercial environment. And where an engineer's mind typically goes is, I have a BAS, I have a building automation system. What I know instinctually is that the cost for a BAS to date has not allowed it to be applied into anything we're doing. And so, as I mentioned before, what I really want to end up being is this platform, sort of open source, let the entire community from plumber to HVAC tech to solution provider to manufacturers all have this tool available to them to elevate plumbing design. It's just been a decade and a half of frustration, you know, as a, as a plumber going into these big, sophisticated buildings that are just literally falling apart leaks in five, six years because the, the hot water has been running at 30 feet per second instead of two. It's just a lot of inefficiency out there. And I, I think this is a way to solve all that. Good. Well, I can't think of a better note to end our conversation on than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of luck to you, Adam, and keep us, keep us, in a, keep us uh, informed on the lead sensor and, and anything else we can do to help you reach the engineering audience. We obviously have a magazine just for that. So be more than happy to help you promote the, the product and uh, spread the word about your system. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Really appreciate it. I mean, we're very active on LinkedIn, but also with the uh, ASPE community, the yeah. American Society of Plumbing Engineers. So, you know, we're, we're doing uh, virtual lunch and learns for a lot of the chapters. So if any of the, the chapter members, you know, wanted to reach out to us, happy okay. to set that. Good, good. Adam, uh, why don't you give us your website? Got it somewhere, but you, you tell me so people can log in and check you out. Yeah, so our, our website's www.readwater.io. That's R-E-E-D. That's, that's uh, where you can just get kind of a high look at what we're doing. I could be reached at Adam at readwater.io. All right. Yeah, thanks again. Good. Good. 
thanks for coming. And we'll, we'll see you some, someday soon when uh, COVID uh, breaks and we can get out to a trade show and, and stop by your booth. How's that sound? Cannot wait. <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye-bye. Take care.